When you know that you have created a lead generation strategy that will be attractive to the purchase ready people in your audience, then you know that these people more than likely are your purchase ready ideal customer. Moving a lead into a sales conversation and then into becoming a client actually starts before you get the lead. What offer do you want these leads that you are generating to step into and buy? Welcome to Selling Chocolate, the podcast where I am sharing the tactical steps, mindset shifts, and strategies that will help big-hearted entrepreneurs like you expand your visibility, impact, and income, and create consistent five-figure months doing work you love doing in the way you love doing it. Around here, we call that sustainable success. I'm your host, Carly Jo Bell, cat lady, business coach, product and service-based business owner, and the founder of Whole Co Media. By tuning into this episode today, you are showing your brain that not only is it possible for you to create genuinely sustainable success in your business, it's also a reality that is available to you right now. And now all you need to do is listen and then choose to take the aligned next step toward your version of sustainable success. So let's dive in. So you have a lead. Now what? (laughs) Maybe you've created a lead magnet. People have signed up for it. They have joined your email list. And now you're wondering, how do I make sales from these new email subscribers? Maybe someone has booked a sales call with you and you have that sales call coming up this week. And now you're wondering, how do I make this sale? What if they don't say yes on the call? All of those questions that come with sales calls. Maybe you put on a small offer like we talked about in the previous episode where I shared three of my favorite strategies to get new leads and several people sign up for this small offer. And now you're wondering, how do I move these people into one of my larger offers? Basically, how do you take this person on your email list, the person who signed up for the sales call or the person who attended your workshop or whatever your small offer was and move them into a sale? In order to move someone from a lead into a sale, there are three things you need to do. One happens before you implement any sort of lead generation strategy, and the other two happen after you have implemented that lead generation strategy and now you actually have leads. Before we get started, let's get one thing clear. What even is a lead? You cannot do these three things if you don't know whether or not you actually have a lead. In short, a lead is anyone who has expressed interest in the work that you do. So someone can be a lead through a variety of channels, a variety of methods. They can become a lead by downloading a free lead magnet, hence the name from your website. They can become a lead by clicking through on an email. They can become a lead by commenting a special word on a post of yours in order to get a free resource. They can become a lead by voting in a poll on your Instagram stories. They can become a lead by signing up for your three-day challenge. They can become a lead by booking a sales call. They can become a lead by joining a smaller offer of yours, like a course or workshop. They can become a lead by applying to work with you. There are a lot of ways that someone can become a lead in case you didn't notice from that list I just gave. (laughs) 
the thread between all of these different ways that someone can become a lead, however, is that they have in some way kind of raised their hand and said, hey, I am interested in what you are selling. I am interested in the work that you're doing. So a lot of big hearted entrepreneurs come to me and they're telling me like, I need more leads. That's the reason why I'm not making the sales that I want to make. And for many of you, that's true, right? You do actually need more leads, which is why I shared three of my and my clients' favorite lead generation strategies in episode two of this season. But some of you actually do have leads. You just might not realize they're leads and you might not know how to move someone from being a lead to becoming a client. And that is what this episode is all about. A few years ago, gosh, quite a few years ago, actually, my word, a few years ago, I ran a week-long challenge and there were pre-recorded trainings that were released every day, as well as an action step to take that was related to the training. And if I remember correctly, I think I had about 30 people sign up for this free challenge, which to be completely honest, at that point was more people than I had ever had sign up for anything. (laughs) I was blown away. I got rave reviews about this challenge from so many of the participants. People were telling me it was exactly what they needed. It brought up so much clarity. It made so many different things make sense in their business. And during that week, one time during that week, I pitched my offer. Or rather, I thought I was pitching it. But what I was really doing was very quickly and very sheepishly telling people about my offer before kind of running back to the safety of giving people value so that way they wouldn't hate me for selling to them. (laughs) Raise your hand if you've ever been there, right? Once the challenge was over, I think that I also sent like maybe one or two emails inviting those people to sign up for my offer. And in the end, not a single one of those 30 people signed up for my offer. I don't even know if any of those 30 people have gone on to work with me. I would have to go back and look at who those 30 people even were. Back then, I took that, you know, that reality of no one signing up to work with me. I took that to mean that essentially none of those 30 or so people were interested in my offer. I was like, well, maybe they just wanted the free thing. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe I'm too expensive. You know, all of those thoughts that come up. (laughs) In my head, I was like, I told them about this offer a few times, not a single person bought. So obviously, they aren't leads. What I know now, however, is that actually every single one of those 30 people were leads. I just had no clue how to move them from being a lead to becoming a client. And that's what we're here to talk about how to do in this episode. Now, okay, here is one thing that I really didn't know back then that would have made it so much easier for me to actually turn at least some of those 30 plus people into paying clients. (laughs) And that is that moving a lead into a sales conversation and then into becoming a client actually starts before you get a lead. So many big hearted entrepreneurs make the very common mistake of thinking, I just need to get people on a sales call. And then in that sales call, I will decide what offer to pitch them. And some of those entrepreneurs actually go on to, you know, create completely customized, start from scratch every single time proposals and projects and offers and experiences for their leads. And they base it off of the sales conversation, which essentially means that they have the sales conversation. They get to the end and they say, okay, great. I'm going to get back to you via email with a custom proposal. 
And that's a whole other conversation why we do not want you to do that. (laughs) What I'll quickly say is that you are going to make more sales when you have a proprietary process rather than when you completely customize every single detail to your client, right? Naturally within that proprietary process, of course, especially if you're working with one-on-one people, there is always room for customization, but having that proprietary process, AKA an offer, the proprietary process that you have packaged into an offer, which is something I teach you how to do inside of expand, having that kind of like, this is my solid offer And you, that is the thing that you are selling to all of these clients who of course are right fit for that offer that presents you as an expert who knows what you're doing. And it will actually help you create more sustainable success in your business because now you're not getting on that sales call, having nothing to pitch them and then having to start from scratch and create a brand new offer for every single person. Let me just like tell you, it just really adds so many extra steps to a sales process. It makes it even harder to get a yes. Like you think logically, sure, by customizing, by creating something specific for every single person, it's going to make it easier. It doesn't. (laughs) So I'm going to have to like have a deeper conversation about that in another moment. What I want you to take away from this is like, you do not want to get onto a sales call and not know what you're already going to sell to this person. You want to get onto a sales call and already have a pretty good idea of what it is that you're going to sell to them and have it be a package offer that you already take most of your clients who are in that phase of their business or life or whatever. That's the offer that you sell to those people. You want to have solid offers. More than likely, 99% of you do not want to customize to every single person who jumps on a sales call with you. Okay, I'm going to get off that soapbox. (laughs) Back to what I was saying. Moving a lead into a sales conversation and then into becoming a client actually starts before you get the lead. Meaning you have to know where you are taking this lead before you even get out there and start implementing any lead generation strategy. So another way of thinking about this is what offer do you want these leads that you are generating to step into and buy? And you'll then build your lead generation strategy based off of the answer to that question so that every single piece of whatever lead generation strategy you are implementing leads people very naturally, very effortlessly, mm, effortless isn't the right word, very easily (laughs) from your audience into becoming an aligned lead for an aligned offer so that you can successfully sell those leads into that offer. When I was running that week-long challenge, I knew that I wanted some of those people to continue on and start working with me. But I didn't build the challenge with the intention of moving the people who signed up into that challenge into working with me. So notice the difference there, right? This is a little bit nuanced, but it actually makes a huge difference. I wanted those leads to work with me, but I didn't build the offer, build the challenge so as to position working with me as the logical next step from the free challenge. And this is one of those kind of like key foundations that I often talk about when I say like inside of expand, we really work on developing the foundations of your sustainable sales system. And from there, any surface level strategy that you want to implement, like you can do that, right? Because you have these foundations. So this foundation is looking at where are you taking someone 
before building any sort of lead generation strategy. And this meant for me that that topic of the challenge that I had put on, it was valuable, but it didn't naturally position my offer as the logical next step for my clients to take. And it also meant that my main focus was give value, give value, give value, and not how can I give the type of value that is valuable and it sells. Yes, (laughs) there is a difference between simply giving value and giving value that sells. Again, another foundation that my clients learn inside of my Expand Business Coaching programs. So moving a lead into a sales conversation actually starts well before you get the lead. And if we look at the three lead generation strategies that I gave in that last episode, that means that before you even invite people to have coffee chats with you, you know exactly what type of person that you want to have a coffee chat with so that they can either turn into the lead themselves or have the right people in their world so that they can then send you more leads. This means that before even coming up with the topic for that small offer, whether it's a $27 workshop or whatever it is, you already know what larger offer you want to sell the leads from that smaller offer into, and you make the topic the kind of information, the stuff that you are giving the result of that small offer, you make that something that very naturally positions your larger offer as the logical next step for them to take. This is what I completely failed to do with my week-long challenge, by the way. (laughs) Before even collaborating with an aligned expert, you already know what you want to pitch inside of that collaboration. And you know how any new audience members that might arise out of that collaboration will then be funneled into whatever offer it is that you are wanting to make sales in. Before implementing any lead generation strategy, even if that lead generation strategy is as simple as creating consistent content, you have to know where you are taking that lead. What are you selling? How does this lead generation strategy naturally lead directly to the thing that I am selling. You always want to start there. And once you have that all-important context figured out and that pathway figured out, you then implement whatever your lead generation strategy is. And here's the deal with that. A lead generation strategy can be pretty much anything that gets people in your audience to say, hey, I'm interested in what you're selling. (laughs) Because if we remember our definition of a lead, it's someone that is interested in what you are selling. So the purpose, the sole purpose of any lead generation strategy is literally to discover and assess who are those people who are interested in what I am selling. And there are so many ways to do this, right? I gave you a few of my favorite ways in episode two. There's also more strategies for lead generation inside of the season four companion guide, but also let's really not make this hard. (laughs) Say you're already on Instagram consistently and you know that there are people in that audience who are ready to buy. Think about the offer that you want to sell and then really ask yourself, what's a conversation that I could start with my people that the right fit people in my audience those people who are ready to buy, what's a conversation I could start that those right fit people would be excited to participate in? And then start that conversation in your stories, maybe with a question or a poll or something similar. And then to everyone who responds, respond back to them. 
those people who voted on that poll, if you set up the poll correctly, if you really made sure that you're starting a conversation that was connected in with your offer, of course, that's that very first step that we were just talking about. If you set up that poll correctly, or if you set up whatever that, how you're doing that conversation correctly, those people are now leads and now you get to follow up with them. This is where you move into our second and our third step in this process of how you move a lead from being a lead into a sales conversation and into a sale. So this takes us to that next step, those two next steps. That's the sales pitch and the follow-up. This is how, again, you move those people from that lead status to client status. And let's remember that it gets to be simple. So essentially, whenever you have a lead, you're going to want to start by pitching your offer. And in very broad terms, though this is you know something we go into way more depth with inside of Expand, in very broad terms, you're going to pitch your offer by essentially telling them about your offer and then asking if they're interested in it. <laughs> like I said, let's keep this simple, right? This is how you pitch. You tell people about your offer. You ask them if they're interested in it. Of course, more foundations, there's more strategy here, but that's the basics of how you pitch. So depending on how you actually got this lead, the practical manifestation of this pitch, like what it actually looks like is going to be different. So if you did that Instagram poll example that I just gave, you might start up a conversation with this person in the DMs. In that conversation, you're going to end every single message with a question because that keeps the conversation going. And then you would both look for and intentionally create that moment where it's natural for you to transition into sharing about your offer. And selling in the DMs would be an entirely different training. So I'm not going to get into all of the nuances of both how to look for and create that transitional moment. But I'll just say when you do get to that moment, you're either going to tell them about your offer right then over DMs, or you're going to invite them to get on a sales call with you. And on that sales call, if that's the route you take, you're going to share about your offer and ask if they're interested in it. If you are on a coffee chat and the person mentions that they've been looking for someone like you and they're looking for your exact services, then you can say something along the lines of, you know, I'd be happy to share more about my program, my offer, et cetera, whatever you're going to say. Do you want to talk about it now or should we set up another call to discuss how I can help you with whatever the thing is that they're saying that they want? If you've gone live, maybe you've invited people to comment a specific word if they're interested in learning more about how to work with you then you're going to reach out to those people who commented, basically saying, hey, so-and-so, I'm so excited that you're interested in hearing more about how I can help you get whatever sort of result it was that they said they were interested in. And then you would tell them a high-level overview of your offer, and you would end that message in my favorite question, is this something you're interested in? If you had people sign up for a free lead magnet, you can set up automated emails that send out over the next couple of weeks. And ensuring that you actually put in that email there, an email that tells people about your offer and asks them, are you interested in it? (laughs) You see how the steps are all really the same here, no matter what surface level strategy you're using. You tell people about the offer, you ask if they're interested in it. But the practical manifestations of those steps might be different based on the lead generation strategy that you have opted to use. This is an example, again, of what I mean whenever I'm talking about that difference between the foundations versus the surface level strategies. Inside of my Expand Business Coaching programs, we focus on building those foundations so that any of these surface level strategies that you want to use can work. As you're seeing here, 
the surface level strategies all look different, but the foundations underneath those surface level strategies are the same, which goes to show you that if you can simply master the foundations, then you can use pretty much any surface level strategy like selling in the DMs or a lead magnet with a follow-up sequence, et cetera. You can use pretty much any surface level strategy and it will bring you more leads and help you make more sales. Once you've given your sales pitch, then you enter into the follow-up phase. Maybe you have heard the sentence, the magic is in the follow-up. Now, this sentence used to really bug me because I used to hear it everywhere, and it really just felt like everyone was saying it, but no one was really clarifying how and when and how frequently to follow up. So in my head, I was like, do I just send this lead like incessant messages, hoping that they're eventually going to sign on to work with me? The answer to that question is no. (laughs) So let me break down what it really means and how to ethically and non-sleazily follow up. How you follow up once again is going to look different based on what you are following up from, aka what lead generation strategy you have been using. For example, following up with leads after you've run a three-day challenge is going to look different than following up with a lead who you have already had a sales call with. However, what remains consistent is typically the timing. You typically want to follow up about your offer for around two weeks, two-ish weeks after the pitch. What does this follow-up practically look like? As I mentioned previously, follow-up is going to look different based on how you get your lead or leads. And the big difference really comes down to how much individual contact did you have with someone when you actually pitched your work to them. If you had no individual contact with them, like for example, you pitched at a free three-day challenge, then you're typically going to follow up more. If you have had individual contact with this person, like you already had a sales call with them, then you'll typically follow up less. So let's talk about that individual contact first, and then we'll talk about how to follow up after maybe some sort of challenge or some sort of group something where you didn't necessarily have that individual moment to pitch your work to this person. So if you have had individual contact Maybe you've had a conversation in DMs, you've had a sales call, any sort of individual contact in that way, then this is how you're going to want to follow up. Let me tell you a story actually before we get there. The first three times that I sold Marketing Magnified, which is my marketing incubator helping you create content that both connects and converts, I sold Marketing Magnified without a sales call and without a sales page. So how did I make those sales? It was at that time, I think it was $1,000, $1,500. I can't remember somewhere in there, but it was a four figure offer. And I sold it without that sales call. The CTA was always in any moment that I was marketing, marketing magnified. The CTA was always DM me to sign up. By the way, CTA call to action in case you weren't sure. <laughs> so I had a few people DM me. They would say that they were interested. I would send them over the information and some people would sign up immediately as soon as I sent over that information. But then for whatever reason, some people would, I would send that information over. I would send them the cart link, et cetera, but they didn't sign up. And some of those people seemed really excited, like they really wanted to do this, but they just didn't sign up. Even though they had that link, they had the information, why didn't they sign up? Now, I could have left it there and I could have just thought, well, they already have the information. They didn't sign up, so they must not actually be interested. Or I could have maybe thought like, well, maybe they can't afford it. Maybe it's too much money. 
Or I could remove myself and my ego from the situation, which on occasion was telling me things like, oh, boo-hoo, they aren't interested. No one likes you. The price is too expensive, yada, 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 all those things. And instead of doing that, instead of getting lost in all of those kind of depressing thoughts, I could just recognize, you know what? People get busy. And with that busyness, they get distracted. And then without any shame, any pressure, any insecurity, I could simply reach back out to those people that I hadn't heard from or that hadn't signed up. And I could say, hey, following up on this, is this something you're still interested in? Which by the way, that's precisely what I did. (laughs) And that is part of how I ended up with 14 sales into this then brand new program over the course of two months. When you know that you have created a lead generation strategy that will be attractive to the purchase ready people in your audience, then you know that these people more than likely are your purchase ready ideal customer. And as such, you know that the best way to serve your people is to sell to them. And what do you do if they haven't taken that next step into the sale? You do exactly what I did with those marketing magnified leads and you follow up with them. This is where some big-hearted entrepreneurs start to get a little queasy. (laughs) So if that's you, let's just totally honor that, you know, there's some things coming up. That's okay. And usually that feeling starts to come up because you worry, like, if I follow up with someone, I might be annoying them. But let's remember, the best way to serve the people who are truly interested in getting the transformation or the result of your work is literally to sell to them the best way to serve those people is to sell to them. I can count on zero hands the amount of times that I have followed up with a lead and they got upset with me for doing so. And let me tell you, in my time in business, I have followed up with a lot of leads. (laughs) So I'm pretty sure we're doing okay here if not a single person has gotten upset with me for following up. This follow-up doesn't need to be weird. It doesn't need to be drawn out. It can literally be hey, so-and-so, following up on this, is this something you're interested in? Or, hey, so-and-so, I noticed you're not yet on my calendar. Are you still interested in chatting about how we can help you get whatever the result is of your work? (laughs) Or if you're coming from a sales call, you've had this sales call, someone said they were excited or whatever, they haven't made a decision, you can say, hey, so-and-so, following up on this. Do you have any questions I can answer as you make this decision? Now, what if you follow up with this person and they don't respond or they do respond, but then again, they don't take the action that they quote unquote are supposed to take. Well, guess what? You follow up again. (laughs) I know I'm stretching some of you to your edges right now, but this follow-up will typically be maximum two weeks after you initially spoke with this person. Though we're gonna talk about timing in a second here. The question I often get from big-hearted entrepreneurs is about that timing of their follow-ups, particularly how much time should go in between one-on-one follow-ups. And for that, there's really two strategies. So if you're following up about a program or about an offer that has a set-in-stone start date, right? This is typically like a course, a group thing, something that is starting on a very specific date. And therefore, there is a true kind of last day to sign up. You're typically going to follow up about halfway between when you first spoke with them individually about the offer, again, via DM, sales call, et cetera, and then follow up again that day before the last day to sign up. 
So remember, there's at least two follow-ups. So you have that initial outreach and then about halfway from that initial kind of, I'm talking to you one-on-one conversation, halfway between that and the date that the cart closes, you follow up one-on-one. And then on that day before the last day, you follow up again and say, hey, letting you know this starts tomorrow. Is this something you're interested in? Again, my favorite question. (laughs) Now, that's great for offers that have a set in stone start date. But what if you're enrolling someone into a one-on-one offer, like maybe done for you bookkeeping, done for you podcast production, or six months life coaching, whatever it is, right? That offer can start whenever, more than likely. So what do you do when there isn't actually like a set in stone start date? How do you time your follow-ups so that you're giving people time to make a decision because typically these offers are more expensive, let's be real, right? A bigger investment. So sometimes people need some extra time to think about it. But how do you time your follow-up? So this is when you get to do one of my favorite sales strategies, which I don't think I've actually ever shared publicly about before. So this is exciting. (laughs) You can co-create a decision deadline. So essentially, just imagine you're on a sales call with someone and they say, I'm really interested in this, but I want to sit on it for a bit and I want to think it over. You can respond by saying, awesome, you know, I love that you make investments with intention as those are the type of people who typically do really well in this offer. And I recognize that sometimes when we're on a call like this one, we get really excited about getting started with something, but then as soon as we leave, life starts happening and pretty soon we're a month down the road and you haven't yet set aside time to actually make this decision. So just to honor both your and my time then in this decision-making process, I'd love to co-create a decision deadline with you. Essentially, this is a date where we can both expect that you will have a decision about whether or not you want to move forward by So if you were to just look at your calendar right now, what would be a date that you feel you could confidently have a decision by? Then you're going to let them tell you that date and you're going to follow up by saying, awesome, I will follow up with you about halfway between now and then just to create additional space for you to ask me any questions you may have. And then if I haven't heard from you by that date, I'll send another follow up just to check in, see where you landed. Of course, You are welcome to let me know about your decision at any point before that decision deadline if your clarity comes earlier than you expected. How does that sound? So by co-creating this decision deadline with this lead, we've now created an extra layer of accountability as well as really clarified all expectations on one another, which means that among other things, now I can feel really good about following up and they can feel really good about me following up too. We're just on the same page. It creates an extra layer of clarity, an extra layer of consent as well. And now every single follow-up, every single connection after that is going to feel good for both of you. To recap, I know I've just given you a lot. If you have had a personal one-on-one interaction with a lead, you're going to typically follow up at least twice. The first time that you connect with them one-on-one, maybe in a sales call or over DM, that's where you're telling them about your offer. And then you're asking, are you interested in that? Right? That's your sales pitch. And then after that, you're going to follow up with them individually at least two times. Okay. So now let's talk about how to follow up after not having individual contact with your leads. Like imagine you're running a free three-day challenge or a paid workshop, something like that. Anything that's more group oriented. Like I said before, you're going to typically want to follow up with these leads 
more than twice. (laughs) And actually, you will likely want to follow up daily for at least 14 days. Inside of Expand, I talk about the type of content you're going to want to use to sell in this, what is now a dedicated sales period, like the few weeks after that conversion event or part of a launch, et cetera. And that is a completely different training than this one. So I'm not going to get into all of that today. The key takeaway for you here is that you want to talk about your offer every single day for at least 14 days to these leads. How do you do that? typically through email, which is why it's so important that whenever you are doing any sort of group lead generation strategy, you are getting people's emails. (laughs) Make sure that in that email content, in that follow-up content where you're talking about your offer, you're really focusing on the result that your clients will get on the other side of this offer. So many people get really caught up in sharing about the structure of an offer. And sure, go ahead and send an email about that. Just don't make that the focus of your marketing about this offer. The focus that will help you actually successfully sell your offer is always going to be talking about the result, the transformation of your offer. Now, for many of you, the idea of following up with your people this frequently will feel quite terrifying. (laughs) Even the idea maybe of transitioning from a give value part of your lead generation strategy into the now I'm selling part will feel quite terrifying. The idea of telling someone on a sales call about your offer, telling them the price point, and then asking outright, is this something you're interested in, will feel quite terrifying. (laughs) If that's you, I want to start, of course, by just normalizing that. It makes complete sense that you are terrified and that all of this feels quite new, quite interesting to you. It's completely okay and you are not alone. This is something that we have to work through with all of the big-hearted entrepreneurs inside of Expand because it is just that common. I'm also sharing a couple of my favorite hacks to circumvent this fear of selling or of sales or of following up in the next couple of episodes. So take a listen to that when you have a chance. I know I've given you a really good amount of strategy here. So let's recap. In order to move someone from lead to client, you'll want to start by knowing where you are leading them, aka what bigger offer you are inviting this person into. And you're doing that before you even start any lead generation strategy. Then you do the lead generation strategy. And after that, you actually sell, typically via some sort of pitch. Though as we talked about, that pitch can take different forms depending on where and how you are connecting with your lead or leads. Then you'll follow up with people several times after that initial touch point right? If you're connecting with people one-on-one, you're going to follow up at least twice. If you're following up after some sort of group thing, like a launch, a webinar, a workshop, or whatever it is, you're going to follow up at least 14 times, typically daily over the next two weeks. One final bonus step is that to keep generating leads, you need to keep talking about your offer. I know that I've certainly been guilty of getting a few new leads and then not continuing to market my offer or thinking that I can't keep selling because I just sold so much. But remember, if you know that there are people in your audience who are ready to buy, like we talked about in episode one, 
then you'll also know that the best way to serve your people is to sell. Continuing to sell and continuing to bring new leads into your orbit will also lessen the pressure on this or that lead to say yes, because you know that there is more where that came from. And that's not heartless, right? But it's true. If one person says no, there are seven others waiting to say yes. So keep selling, keep going. And yes, with every new lead that you get, keep following up. Inside the season four companion guide, you're going to find a few questions to help you figure out where you might be dropping leads and how you can more effectively and naturally move them into the client category versus having them stay in that lead category. Go ahead and download that free companion guide on the season four resource page at sellingchocolatepod.com and I will see you in the next episode.